Right, okay, so just whilst the kids are being dropped off and that, um, I just want to say, where's James? James and the musicians, oh, what a fantastic time of worship, thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, let's, come on. Uh, but the guys on the PA desk, um, I don't know whether you've done something to the drums, but I thought it sounded amazing this morning. And uh, yeah, yeah, let's go on. Right, so I, just as we were worshipping, I just felt a prompting, and uh, well, I'm going to say yes to the prompting. If you're a drummer in this place, right, and, you know, yeah, yeah, I'm just going to embarrass you. If you're a drummer in this place, could you just stand up for a minute? Because I think there is anointing at the moment on drumming. You know, the Bible talks about praising God with symbols, about drumming, you know, there is an anointing, I believe, at the moment on drumming. So if you are a drummer, either on a Sunday morning or at the hub, you know, I realise at the hub it's a kahan, uh, Stu, you might need to, yeah, you'd stand on chair because, you know... <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, if you're a drummer, I just want to I just want to pray over you. Because there is an anointing, I believe there is an anointing on the drummers at the moment to take us into depths of, of God's presence that we might not have known before. And so I just want to pray for you. So can we just release, reach out a hand towards these guys? Lord Jesus, I just want to pray that you will release a fresh anointing upon all of our drummers, Lord. And Lord, I pray that as they, as they play on a Sunday morning, as they play on a Sunday evening, whatever, whenever that, Lord, I pray that that you will anoint them and you will help us to just to follow as they drum and you'll, you'll just take us into your presence, Lord. So, Lord, I pray and I release a fresh anointing, a fresh blessing, fresh power, fresh authority in the name of Jesus over our drummers. And I pray, Lord, that you will use them. Use them to help us come into your presence, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Being, sit down now. Thank you. Uh, Josh? In the last song, enjoy yourself, mate. Right? Go for it. So, well, good morning, everyone. It's absolutely fantastic to, uh, to, to be here this morning. Um, I want to start with a question that I have been asking myself recently. Okay? And this is, this is the question. If, if I have the mind of Christ and I'm seated in heavenly places... Why am I not seeing transformation in the world around me? All right? Let me read that again. If I have the mind of Christ and I am seated in heavenly places, why am I not seeing transformation in the world around me? Let's be blunt. I'm not always seeing transformation in my own life, let alone in the, the world around me. But Why? And that's what I want to look at today. But first of all, let's just look at that question. Right? If I have the mind of Christ, and if I'm seated in heavenly places. The mind of Christ in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 16. Paul's writing about God's wisdom being revealed by the Spirit. And he says, who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Now, Paul here is contrasting two things. He's contrasting the first bit, 
who has understood the mind of the Lord. That comes from Isaiah 40, uh, pre-Pentecost. And Isaiah said, if you read that passage, Isaiah 40, it's, it's quite Job-like. And he's asking all sorts of questions. Who can then, who can and who and who? And basically he's saying, look, who can understand the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we're not living pre-Pentecost. We're living post-Pentecost. Yeah, amen. Thank you, Lucy. Right? That's, that's great, yeah. Um, and what Paul is saying here in 1 Corinthians 2, he is saying, we're living post-Pentecost. The Spirit of God knows the mind of the Father. The Spirit of God knows the mind of Jesus. The Spirit of God lives within us. So therefore, we can know the mind of Christ. We can know the mind of the Father. We can know what to do. Because the Spirit of God makes that plain to us and reveals that to us. If you have been born again, if you have been baptized with God's Spirit, if you have the Spirit of God living within you, the same Spirit knows the mind of the Father. The same Spirit knows the mind of Jesus, and he is revealing that to you. You can know the mind of Christ. Wow, isn't that amazing? You know, I think of how much I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. So there'll be stuff that these students here are learning. I haven't got a clue. I don't know. But I can know the mind of Christ, not because I'm special, but because of the Holy Spirit living within me. Amen. Right, the next bit. We are seated with him in heavenly realms. Okay, that's Ephesians 2, verse 6. And and we see, again, it's Paul. He writes, we are, sorry, he has seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Okay? Jesus walked on this earth. He he, He died. He rose again, he ascended to the right hand of the Father, and he took his seat. He sat down in the place of authority. He sat down in the place of authority. But, it's not just like him up there and us down here. What Paul is saying here is we also, if we're born again, we have been moved into the heavenly realms. Yes, we are walking physically on this earth, but we are also seated in the heavenly realms. That's what Paul is saying in Ephesians. So therefore, we are seated in that place of authority. Just think about the things that have happened in that place. God said, let there be light. And there was light. That happened in that place. And we're now seated in heavenly realms. We're seated in that place of authority. We have been given authority. We're not just weak and feeble, you know, kind of hoping that we get through this life. We've been given the mind of Christ and we've been seated in the place of authority. We can walk victorious. Thank you. (coughs) And what do we have authority over? Well, in uh, Luke 10, we see it says, um, we have authority over the power of the enemy. We have authority to pull down strongholds. That's 2 Corinthians 10. And the list could go on. We have authority because we are seated in the heavenly realms. 
We are not just weak and feeble Christians trying to survive. We can walk tall in Jesus, knowing that we are seated in the heavenly places with the authority that he has anointed us with. Authority to pull down the strongholds of the enemy. Authority to break the power of the enemy. Praise God. Praise God. Therefore, it seems quite clear to me that as a born-again believer, I have the mind of Christ so I can know his thoughts. I can know what he wants me to do. And I have the authority to see them done. That just blows me away. So I come back to the question, if that is the case, that I have the mind of Christ and know what he wants me to do, and if I have authority, if I'm seated in heavenly places, why am I not seeing transformation? Why is it? And I've come to the conclusion, it's down to two little words. Just two. Two small words. A space between them. And for the linguists amongst us, possibly a comma. I don't know. (laughs) But I have the mind of Christ, so I know what he wants me to do. All right? Two little words. That's all it takes. These two little words, if you live in them, they are so powerful, they will break addiction. They will break bondage. They will release the resources of heaven unto you. These two little words will take you out of the place that you may have been struggling in and take you into that place of victory. Those two little words can help you to see life different, to walk different, to step into all that God has for you. Just two little words. Seven letters, in fact. That's all it takes. Two little words. And if you live in the place of those two little words, your life will be transformed. A few weeks ago, I had the privilege of being at a conference. And suddenly I find myself prophesying over the head of the Free Methodist Church in the UK and his wife. I find myself prophesying over a couple who have given their life to be missionaries in Jerusalem at this point in time. They flew over for the conference and then went back. Over a lady who has an international ministry. Not because of my ability. Scared the pants off me. Forgive me. I was absolutely petrified. I'm thinking, I can't do this. But I applied those two little words. If we'd gone down to ability, Sally would have been far better. Richard would have been far better. But God wanted me to go. So I said these two little words. Seven letters, a space, possibly a comma. Does anyone know what the two little words is? The two little words is yes, Lord. If we live in the place of the yes, Lord, our life will be transformed forever. Because we have the authority. We already have that. That has been given to us. We have the mind of Christ. We know what to do. We just need to step into it with a yes, Lord. A submission to him. Yes, Lord. Whatever you say. Yes, Lord. If you do that, like I say, bondage, broken. Sickness can be broken. Resources can be found from the heavenlies. Freedom from that which might hold you back in the kingdom. 
All it takes is that yes, Lord. Let's look at the Bible. Who said yes, Lord, in the Bible? Well, Mary, who else are we going to read about over the next few weeks, I'm sure? Mary, the mother of Jesus, she said yes, Lord. When the angel came and said, you're going to carry the Messiah, she said yes, Lord. Okay? I really understand it, but yes, Lord. Abraham, he said yes when God called him to leave his home and go to the land that he would show him. Esther, she could have got killed when she walked into the king's presence. But she said, yes, Lord. And she went anyway. Paul, the Apostle Paul, formerly a Pharisee, he tried to destroy the church. But Jesus appeared to him and he said, yes, Lord. And look at what he did. And he's no different to you and I. We can do just the same. And there are many others. Noah built an ark. Moses went back to Egypt. Forty years walking and living in isolation, in, uh, in exile. And he goes back and sees the Israelites freed from slavery. What about the disciples who left their livelihoods to follow Jesus? If we come a little bit nearer to our time, John Wesley travelled thousands of miles in order to preach the gospel. All of these guys said, yes, Lord. Maximilian Kolbe, who sheltered Jews during the Second World War and died in Auschwitz, saying, I will die for that man, so that he doesn't have to. He said, yes, Lord. And that man's life was changed forever. Billy Graham, travelled the world preaching the gospel. What about even nearer to home? George and Alison, they give their life being missionaries. Turkey, Bulgaria, let's just honour them. You know, can't I honor? You know, they said yes, Lord. They said yes, Lord. How many lives have been transformed simply because George and Allison said yes, Lord? Wow, that blows my mind. Blows my mind. What about me? How many times have I bottled it? How many times have I kind of, oh Lord, just a couple of weeks ago, right? A couple of weeks ago, I'm standing just there. God says, you've got to sing a song. There's a prophetic song on your heart. You need to go and sing it. It's Sunday morning. You're joking. <laughs> I can't do that. I want you to go and sing a prophetic song. I bottled it. I didn't give my yes, Lord. But if we say yes, Lord, lives will be transformed. Not just ours. Other people's lives will be transformed. How many of us want to see our neighbours, our friends, our families' lives transformed? Just takes the yes, Lord. We also see, sadly, in the Bible, there were some people who didn't say yes, Lord. Right? What about the rich young ruler, who, um, uh, the rich young man, sorry, who, who met Jesus, was told, go sell all that you have, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. And he walked away. He said no. He didn't give his yes, Lord. What would his life would have been like? I don't know what happened to him. There were theories online. That's theories about everything online, let's be honest. But, you know, I don't know what happened to him. But what I do know is if he had said yes, Lord, his life would have been transformed. Wow. Let's not be like him. And then, and then there were those people, the funny ones. Then there were those people who, uh, who, who said no, but then God pursued them. Jonah being a good example. You know, he said no, 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 no. Suddenly he finds himself being thrown over the side of a boat. He's splashing around in the sea. Big fish comes, swallows him, drops him off on the, on the beach. You know, 
He then goes and does it, but as a result of his saying, yes, Lord, Nineveh, which was about to be destroyed, is, 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 is saved, is rescued. Okay? So sometimes God pursues us to have our yes, Lord. So yes to God doesn't mean you'll have it easy. If we look at 2 Corinthians 11, Lucy, I think I'll give you this one. In 2 Corinthians 11, Paul says, five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. I'm not sure why I didn't say 39, but there we go, never mind. Um, five times from the Jews I received the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. Presumably not all in the same week. But, you know, that's, that, that's not an easy life. But he gave his yes, Lord, and look at what transformation came to the world as a result of the ministry of, uh, of God through Paul. He gave his yes, Lord. Life wasn't easy, but he gave his yes, Lord anyway. When we say, uh, sorry, so why do we say yes? We say yes, because when we gave our life to Jesus, when we made that step of faith and we became born again, what we said was, Jesus, I'm making you Lord. That means we've, we've already agreed to say yes. We've just got to live it out. But if we live it out, wow, what transformation there will be. What did Paul say in response to all these challenges that he'd faced? He said, he said, I say yes, because... When I get to the end, I want to be able to say, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I've kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. Listen to this. And not only me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. There is a crown awaiting each of us. Let's say our yes, Lord, and step into the fullness of everything that he is asking us to do. God gives us uh, things according to... uh, Ability is the wrong word to use, but I'll use it because the Bible uses it. Um, It's uh, God gives us according to abilities that he has given us. If we look in Matthew 25, we see Jesus telling a parable about a man who gives out some talents. And it simply says, man's going on a journey, he calls together his servants, and he says, right, I'm going to give you five talents of gold. Go and do something with it and bring it back later. I'm going to give you two, and I'm going to give you one. But Jesus said, he gave these things according to their ability. Okay? So, one add five, one add two, one add one, they go off, they invest, they do whatever they've got to do, and then the man goes away on a journey, and then he comes back. And he comes back, he calls these guys together, and he says, right, what have you done with the talents that I gave you? So he calls forward the one who he's given five to, and the guy says, I've made five more, here's ten. And he gives it back to his master. And the master says this, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Now, I don't know whether, I don't know how you feel about this, but when I get to the end of my life, I want God to say, enter into the joy. Yeah, that's what I want. I heard a phrase the other day, um, Sally showed me, uh, <laughs> it said, I want to be the sort of person that when I get to the pearly gates and God greets me after, you know, once I've died, he says, wow, you kept me busy with your big prayers. 
Yeah? I want to be that guy. And then the guy with two comes up and he says, I've made two more, here's four. And the master says exactly the same thing. Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over little, I'll give you a lot. Enter into the joy of your master. And then the one who had one turns up and he says, yeah, I didn't do anything with it. Here's your one back. And the master said, oh, you could have even invested it in the bank and got a little bit. Oh, what a shame. And you can almost feel the kind of the frustration of the master. Oh, what, a, what an opportunity missed. And he says to him, you wicked and slothful servant, you ought to have invested my money with the bank and at least made some interest. God is asking us to serve him, not because he needs us to, but he wants to partner with us in the task of seeing his kingdom extended. And God promises that he gives according to the abilities that he has given us. And if we say yes, then in our weakness, he is strong and he will give us what we need. It's just a simple truth. So therefore, what is God asking you to do? What's God asking me to do? What's God asking us as a church to do? God might be asking you to invite your neighbour to the fun day. God might be asking you to move to another part of the world and go and plant a church. God might be asking you to pray for your family. God might be asking you to give something to someone sitting over there because they're struggling financially. God might be asking you to give into the offering. God might be asking you to do, uh, sorry, God might be asking you to tap on the shoulder of the person in front of you and say, God's got a word for you. What's God asking you to do? And are you going to say yes, Lord, to that? And that's a real challenge for me because I'm also being asked to do stuff and I'm not yet getting it right. As I said, God gave me a song and I bottled it. What's God asking you to do? I want us to watch a video. That's the clue. I want us to watch a video of some people who said yes when the opportunity came. In fact, um, if you talk to Tabby, there's Tabby. Tabby's like, no, right? There's Tabby. If you talk to Tabby, uh, Tabby said yes to God before she even knew this was an opportunity. Isn't that right? Yeah, there we go, right? So go and talk to Tabby afterwards. I want us just to watch a video. Now, this is the Mexico video. I know it's been a long time coming, but uh, it is slightly longer than normal. So we're going to watch it, make yourself comfortable. I would have had no damn popcorn, but I'm gone. Here. Um, and uh, uh, let's just listen to, to catch the heart of what God can do when you say yes. Lucy. Jesus knows. 
The second was to uh, make connections with people from around the world. And the third was to find out more about God's heart for the nations and our place within us. Guadalajara itself is a vibrant city of five and a half million people. I'm currently standing in the main square at Zachpackle. As a team, we are both a multi-generational team and a multinational team. Multi-generational in that we span three generations of age ranges. Multinational in that we have come from the nations to go to the nations. Whilst most of us come from the United Kingdom, we have uh, a couple from South Africa, but we also have two of our team that have flown from their mission field in the nations to come join us on this trip. As you watch this video, we hope you'll get a sense for all that God has done in and through us. But as I stand here right now, I can truly say that our three main names have been met. We have had an amazing time. We have been truly blessed by our chance to uh, come here. And my recommendation, come on a plane, come to God on our It is a wonderful place. Thank you. Please do enjoy the video. That was outside one of the local hospitals.
and someone who spoke in a cafe or a little um, track we handed out as well. So those little interactions, it was really beautiful to see how God was working. Hey guys, Josh Yakos here from Revive Church in Missoula, Montana. I've had a thrilling time with Keith and his Regents theology. It's come from around the world to Guadalajara, Mexico, where we've done outreach. We've just had a conference called the National. So that's the Mexico visit. Now, funnily enough, before I ask the question again, what is God asking you to say yes to? Um, I was sitting on the plane on the way back. Well, we had a nightmare journey coming back, but I'll share about that already. Um, I was sitting on the plane on the way back, 
and uh, two American girls sitting behind me, um, flying from, uh, well, obviously they're flying from the same place, same place we were going. Uh, silly, so <laughs> just scratch that. Stop the recording. Um, anyway, they were sitting behind me, and one of these girls, she tapped me on the shoulder, and she said, uh, I just had a word of God, word from God for you. And I'm, oh, okay, well, that's different. Normally I'm expecting some snacks or nibbles from the, you know, but here we go. Yeah, okay, well, you know, what's he said? You've got to go back. You've got to go back. So, I guess I'm going back then at some point, right? But what is God asking you to give your yes, Lord, to? That is the question. That is the question. We're going to do a prophetic act now. I'm going to ask the band to come back up. And we're going to do a prophetic act. Now, a prophetic act is an act in the physical to represent something that's happening in the spiritual. Okay? And you'll notice there are some lines taped on the floor. One, two, three. Okay? And if you are sitting there saying... I want to, I want to say yes, Lord. I want to commit myself to saying yes, Lord. I want my life to, to be one of yes, Lord moving forward, uh, compared to maybe what it has been. I, I want you simply to step over the line, to walk forward and step over the line. You might be sitting there thinking, well, that's a bit weird. Well, it's scriptural. Um, there were lots of prophetic acts in the Bible. Ezekiel cut his hair was a prophetic act. Uh, Hosea married Gomer, um, who was a, a, a woman of distribution. Um, Agabus, right? Agabus got Paul's belt off him and then tied his hands and feet up as a prophetic act and saying, this is what God is going to do, or this is what's going to happen. So prophetic acts, they were, they were throughout the scripture. You just read Read, read about the prophets and you'll see loads of prophetic acts. But if you want to say, yes, Lord, if you want to mark your life, now I'm not asking you to come and step over the line just because everyone else is, all right? Because Jesus himself said, let your yes be yes and your no be no, all right? Anything else comes from the evil one. Uh, I'm not asking you to do it because people are doing it, right? But if you're sitting there and you're saying, yeah, I want to make a commitment that my life moving forward is going to be one of saying, yes, Lord, then I want you to, to walk forward and step over the line, okay? You might be sitting there thinking, I'm going walkabout. You might be sitting there thinking, well, that's a bit embarrassing, you going to come with me? Right? You might be sitting there thinking, well, that's a bit embarrassing. You wouldn't think yourself lucky I'm out there, otherwise I could have picked someone else out. Uh, and, you know, you might be saying, well, that's a bit embarrassing. He's asking me to walk around the room. He's asking... You all right? <laughs> well, we, we said we'd cross the line together. Yeah, yeah, we're doing it in front of everyone. He's, you know, we want to make a statement here. We want to say, me and Sally want to say, God, from this point on... I want my yes to be yes. And I want to say yes, Lord. So we're going to step over this line together with our commitment saying to God, from this point forward, I want our yes to be yes. And we're saying yes, Lord. You ready? Yeah. Right, there you go. So, hey, thank you. So you might be sitting there thinking, that's a bit embarrassing. I I don't want to be rude. But get over it. Right? Get over it. Yeah? Because if we say yes to God, we're going to be taken on adventures. And those adventures are going to see transformation in our life and the lives of those people we meet. You might be sitting there thinking, I want to say yes, but I don't know what I'm saying yes to. Step over the line. Maybe God will reveal it to you in the moment. Maybe God will give you a word and say, guys, this is for you. Yeah? 
you might already know that it might be scaring the pants off. Sorry. It might be scaring you. Well, come forward anyway, because when you're weak, God is strong. Yeah? We want to say yes to Jesus. If you don't know what you're saying yes to, I'm going to ask the ministry team to come down and they'll pray with you. If you're scared about what God is calling, maybe God is calling you to plant a church in Azerbaijan. I don't know. I'm not prophesying that over anyone, but you know, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Anna, maybe. You know. Um, maybe God is calling you to do something really amazing and in like a big thing like that. And you're scared, you're nervous. The ministry team, yeah, ministry team will pray for you. Because where you're weak, God is strong. Maybe it's simply a case of God is saying, invite your friends to the fun day. But let your yes be yes and step over the line. For the young people, we've got our older youth sitting in here today. Um, and you're going to be talking, hopefully, later on in Starbucks about what I've talked about. I've got two questions for you to think about. What might God be asking you to do? You are not too young. Right? You are not too young. Right? So what might God be asking you to do right now? Okay? And then how do you feel about saying yes, Lord? It occurs to me, I'm, fifth, I'm nearly finished, sorry. It occurs to me, I'm 51. I want the next years of my life, but perhaps I'm having a midlife crisis. I want the, a late one. I want the next years of my life to be marked by yes, Lord. Are you going to join me in that? So the invitation is to come. James, over to you. The invitation is to come and step into everything that God has for you. Feel free to come. Don't be shy. Just step over the line. And if the ministry team can come and pray for anyone that might need it, thank you. If you're on the front row, you've got to walk round the block. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.